We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. This week's episode is so amazing. I just got done recording with Dr. Janine Krause, who is a naturopathic doctor, fitness coach, and she also runs her own podcast called the Health Fix Podcast. And we have an incredible conversation about everything from how to manage your stress when you are just completely overwhelmed and your body is shutting down and having all different types of responses as a result to normalized high levels of stress and how that's impacting your energy, your focus, and your hormones. We talk about everything from high-functioning ADHD and how trauma can actually create the effects of ADHD in the body, as well as how stress can cause and is the cause of almost all illness and disease that shows up in our life. Also, what do you do if you're experiencing pain in your body? We talk about how we can use the Chinese medicine of acupuncture to relieve that stress. She is so experienced and knowledgeable and and wise. And I'm so excited to share this conversation because it is so critical in the world that we live in today. How many of us are just walking around, surviving, living in, in just overwhelming amounts of stress and anxiety and all the ways that we're trying to cope and self-medicate to get by, it's not working. And likely if you're here and you're listening to this show today, you might be nodding your head and saying, yeah, I need an alternative. I need something else because I am burnt out. I am, my hair is falling out. I'm pulling it out because I'm overwhelmed. Maybe my kids or work or boss, you name it. There is no shortage of, of things to 
you know, have to deal with. And many of them are, are overwhelming. And this conversation is so important because it's going to provide you with some tangible things that you can do to really start getting a handle on your stress and managing it in a really healthy way. So I'm very excited for you guys to hear from Dr. Janine Krause. So let's jump into this episode. All right, Dr. Janine, thank you so much for joining the Coachable Podcast. I'm really glad to have you here for this conversation. My pleasure, Tori. We are going to have some fun. Yeah, you are the first naturopathic doctor to come on the show. So you are popping the Coachable (laughs) Podcast cherry um, with that. And I'm really excited because I think this is a much needed conversation uh, to, to be had, not just here, but any way that I can get the message out about alternative um, healing modalities to help us heal from the inside out. I'm all about it uh, because that's the mission that I'm on. And I know that the people listening to this show are interested in as well, because after living through the last two years (laughs) that we've all been through, um, you, you know, as well as I do that stress levels are are pretty high. I would, I would love to know from your perspective, like what, as a doctor, what have you seen as the implications of what we've just all experienced with, with COVID and everything else, especially when it comes to our stress? Oh man, a couple interesting things. You know, a lot of people come in there like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Kind of like that t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Like everything's great. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Your face is not telling me that. And, and so we get a lot of like, oh, I've had so much more downtime. And then it's like, yeah, I've been home with some downtime, but I've been working with the kids and doing homeschooling, or I've been trying to figure out how to do my work at home and, and I don't have an office. So there's all these weird stressors that kind of came into play. And then they were like, and this is probably the biggest implication for most women, the kitchen is right there. Mm -hmm. And things in that refrigerator are talking to me Mm -hmm. and in my pantry and things that have been in there for months that taste like cardboard want me to eat Mm -hmm. them. So most of most of the biggest complaint that I'm getting from folks is is the COVID, you know, 10, 15, 20, dare I say 40 for some people. Yeah, that was definitely a reality in my home for sure. It's funny because I got married, um, in January, uh, right before the pandemic and we got married in January. We moved the following weekend and then COVID hit. And then we were in full lockdown starting in March. So we were brand new new to marriage, newlyweds. And it's like, you are not going to leave each other's side for the next year. Welcome to being together forever. And so that was our introduction into marriage was being on total lockdown. And luckily I married a man who's really a pleasure to be with, but it didn't come without its, its significant stress as well on the, both of us as being business owners and entrepreneurs and, um, newly, you know, together and just all navigating this really uncertain world and reality that we're all living in and thinking that, and I've talked a lot about this on different shows and and on my channels and stuff, which is, we're never going to go back to the normal that we lived in. And I don't know if we necessarily want to, there's a lot that we have taken away. I'm curious, what are the most predominant things that people come to see you about and why 
what brings someone in your doors? Probably the most, the number one thing is fatigue. I have a lot of folks coming in and being like, doc, I, I can't get out of bed. I'm having trouble just getting through the day. I can't get through a workout. That's kind of number one. Number two is gut issues. So whether it's acid reflux, whether it's diarrhea, constipation, you name it, that is like the next biggest one. And then insomnia would be like, if I had to round out the top three, that's like on repeat. And then hormones come in after that. Sure. And it kind of goes in some gamuts of maybe a whole mash of all four of those. Uh, But those would be my my top four of what folks are coming in. And then, of course, because I'm an acupuncturist, a lot of pain, too. But usually it's like fatigue, insomnia, gut issues, and then my hormones are jacked up. And what are the most, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that many of these people might be self-medicating in other ways to get over the pain or to try to sleep or get maybe I'm just caffeinating myself to death to try and get yeah. over the fatigue are is that common and is that also a big challenge for people as they try to navigate the the healing landscape after realizing that maybe what they've done isn't working <laughs> oh my goodness the coffee thing docs are, like people will be like doc i will do anything but i will not stop the coffee so you gotta you gotta work around that <laughs> and it's like oh man and i'm like but it, but you know they're like no it's just the flavor i'm like okay fine there's there's low acid coffee there's you know no caffeine coffee we can you know there's mushroom coffee yeah. now they're like no, 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 you don't get it. <laughs> I need just a little bit. Give me that yeah. hit. So the coffee for sure is a big thing. And then for insomnia, I mean, now that we have a lot of marijuana legalized, I've got a lot of people who are using edibles to help themselves to sleep. And I have a lot of people who are using some of the more heavier hitter medications to help sleep and, and trying to figure out how to help that body off that dependence can be incredible. But yeah, I've, I've got that. And then you've got the, the wine. Sure you know the the nightcaps and so these are things that a lot of people they they realize like oh crap these are not good for me but then when you try to pull off that it's like oh boy yeah it's at that point you're like oh i didn't realize how heavy i was leaning on this as a support Mm -hmm. system and and Mm -hmm. now that there's that confronting moment where you're like i'm a little bit more dependent on this than i want to admit right and this is something that has shown up in my life and I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I was diagnosed a couple years ago with ADHD as an adult, high functioning. Mm -hmm. And I had been on various anxiety medication throughout my mid twenties and, and realized that was a result of some of the, the stuff that I was experiencing. And so I got on Adderall and then over time saw my body us creating a dependency on that and needing to up the dosage to get, you know, get the effects. And, um, it wasn't until this past year, actually within the last six months that I've been looking for alternatives because I I had been able to get off every other prescription medication except for the Adderall. And I was like, I need it. I need it to get, you know, it's better than caffeine. It's better than all the other things for me. And I didn't, want to be dependent on it and um that was one of those confronting moments where i had to be like okay what what are the other options that can be supportive in and going on through a process of learning to to rehabilitate and build a new relationship with my body where maybe i don't have to be going at a level you know 120 miles an hour all the time (laughs) and getting things done i think it's it was also me giving up a 
an attachment to the way I operated um, yeah. in that yeah. environment. Yeah, you're not alone. You're not alone. I'm I'm incredibly surprised by how many people do come into my office who have been a, a, diagnosed with adult onset ADHD. And really, when we break it down, and, and I go, all right, well, when did this all start? How did this all develop? It's it's stress overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And it's wanting to keep that 18, 20 year old brain that fires on, you know, all kinds of crazy cylinders and can pull over all nighters and wanting to keep that going and realizing like, oh, wait, you know, maybe all of that crazy energy isn't wasn't as productive as I thought it was. And the pinballing all over the place wasn't working for me. I'm so interested in this because this is something I've never talked to anybody about um, that has obviously your level of expertise and, and background. So this is a great conversation personally for me to be having. And I and I trust that there are other people who listen to this that will take something away from this too. But um, when I was diagnosed, it was actually post uh, quite a bit of trauma that I experienced in my, my twenties. My sister was diagnosed with leukemia. We lost her after two bone marrow transplants. A couple years later, uh-huh. we lived through a massive F4 tornado, um, plus several other deaths and my mom being diagnosed with ovarian cancer. It was a lot in a small amount of time. Yeah. And in the midst of that, I had moved and, um, was, was on my own going through, you know, having my own job and being away from home and all of that, which is when I was working from home and got diagnosed with, um, ADHD and that whole process in general of going through that kind of diagnosis is its own conversation. But I wondered, and this is, I'm curious what you think. Can the, what seems like ADHD be a trauma response or, or as a, a response to, overwhelming stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what happens is, is you're, you're dealing with all of these heavy emotional things. F5 tornado. I mean, that in and of itself, in addition to all the little pings from leukemia, because that's kind of like a slow, I I call it like a slow burn for the body. Whereas F5 tornado is like a big yep. hit for the body it, it, it ends up overloading the nervous system where the the messages are just like fight or flight fight or flight fight or flight mm-hmm. to the point where your full-on nervous system's like overload i can't deal with mm-hmm. this and so of course you can't focus because now that parasympathetic nervous system can't get in to be like let's take a yes. moment to chill so all of that like sympathetic driven activity yeah it, it messes with things and and this is where kind of neuroinflammation comes into play where the body becomes inflamed but not only that the brain becomes inflamed and i start to call it where we start to have almost brain damage from all of the things that have happened because life we just keep going we don't take the time to be like oh my gosh all of this crazy stuff just happened to us you know why can't we put ourselves on an island i wish you know we don't get a break we just go right into the next thing it's like and what's next and what's next and what's next we're not taught to take a pause i mean obviously a lot of people might be listening to us be like yeah doc that sounds great i can't get on a, a beach or i can't take a pause we can take many pauses and that's something that i think a lot of us we're all or nothing kind of thought process in terms of getting through things. So yeah, I do think that it's possible for folks to end up having ADHD after multiple stressful 
situations that just build up and especially after multiple traumas little traumas building up you know yeah absolutely well that makes so much sense now that I have an understanding of my relationship to my body prior to um prior to having any awareness about the parasympathetic Uh, or the sympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. and how I operated for that period of time just in survival because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, and you and I know because (laughs) I committed myself to learning because I realized what I'm doing is not working. And I had a breakdown moment, which is okay. We've got to find an alternative and, and finally turn Mm -hmm. toward and inward towards the things that we've been, avoiding and running from for so long. And that forced me to collide with my body and my breath ultimately again, which showed me that I have a key to switching that my nervous system from the parasympathetic fight, flight, freeze response to the rest and calm and digest response. And before I had no idea that that was available to me. And that's why I'm so passionate about, um, this conversation and getting this information to people because it doesn't have to be that way. And we can, we can build in and integrate these small pauses into our lives now. It's not something that we have to wait for vacation to do. Right, right. And that's so huge. And, and you know, being a, a coach in the breathwork realm, I mean, this is incredible for you for healing for yourself and for helping others, because that's the biggest thing that it's, it's hard. As you know, it's hard to get the concept across that we can do these many things and they build up to help us yeah. in a beneficial way world it's just it's crazy it's crazy how something so little and i think that's what a lot of us it's hard to wrap that that idea around that something so little can have such a huge impact Mm -hmm. it's so true and and i want to to take this conversation now because we're talking about Mm -hmm. stress and we're talking about the implications that stress can have on our nervous system and our body Mm -hmm. i know and i've heard that 90 percent of illness is caused by stress a lot of what takes us to the doctor is ultimately rooted in in stress can you talk about how stress is root really the root of a lot of the illness if not all the illness that we experience yeah yeah i actually believe that if you go back and really tease out when someone starts to have something go awry we can usually find a series of stressors built up before it and the way that it works is legitimately the sympathetic nervous system so folks we were talking about parasympathetic sympathetic you've probably heard tori talk about it before it's the autonomic nervous system when i taught anatomy and physiology i'd be like it's our automatic it's our autopilot and so if we're in autopilot mode a lot and not kind of calling awareness to ourselves, our body stays in sympathetic because we are driven to get away from bears. We are driven to get away from any type of predator. Now, our bears may not be true bears. They may be paper bears. They may be, you know, coworker bears, family bears, whatever they may be. But what's happening is your nervous system from the brain all the way throughout your body, you have this wiring. And that's that automatic or autonomic nervous system I was talking about. And it goes to every single one of your organs 
So that's why a lot of IBS, so irritable bowel syndrome, gut stuff, because your gut has these nerves going right to them. It goes to the kidneys, it goes to the bladder, so you're nervous, you gotta go pee. Same kind of concept. There's not one part of your body that the automatic or autonomic nervous system does not touch. It touches all the way to your capillaries. So whether you get blood flow to your hands, your feet, your toes, and a lot of people when they're stressed, we, we kind of will be like, oh, I don't have great circulation, my hands and feet are cold. That's one sign that your autonomic nervous system is not getting that blood flow out to your periphery. And so these are, it's, it's an incredible system that I wish we talked about a lot more. Because if you look back at like, why do we have ulcers? Why do we have acid reflux? We're looking at someone being stuck in fight or flight mode and, and most of us eat on the run. We're not sitting down to eat or we're eating foods that the body just doesn't know how to digest. So ultimately, the reason that we can look back at stress, it's that nervous system goes to every single part of our body, every single organ, all the way out to the skin and the vessels. So it would make sense that someone gets a hives type of rash when they're stressed histamines that's your warning signal in your body so you can tie this all back to you know you can look at even insomnia insomnia oftentimes is a lot of histamines being kicked up and cortisol being kicked up in the body because the body can't figure out what's day and what's night anymore so yeah it's it's definitely tied back into every single aspect well it's fascinating and it's it's troubling because i've seen this play out firsthand and I saw this happening in real time with my mother who was caregiving for my sister and for two yes. years had to, you know, live in a hospital. Obviously her diet changed. She, she slept in a, a chair sitting up because she didn't have a bed in the hospital to take care of her. And then after my sister passed, all, the grief and, and all of that that she never fully processed, all, the stress that she just carried all the time and then ultimately manifesting in her own body as as cancer for herself and it was just yeah. and also the go, going back to the belief systems that when somebody in a white lab coat tells you hey you've got this or this is how long you have to live we just automatically agree there's an unconscious agreement that happens of like yes you must be right and that must be what i have and they said you have five years to live and she lived five years in two weeks, you know, and oh watching God. that play out, it, it just reinforces exactly what you just said, because I've seen it with my own eyes and it's, um, this trickle down effect that if we don't cut, you know, learn how to, to redirect our stress or to, to, to release that energy in mm -hmm. our system, because this is something I teach in a, in a course of mine called master your emotions. If we don't release it, we recycle it. Is that kind of yeah. what you, how you would describe it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's recycled as inflammation mm -hmm. and it's recycled as yes, the end point sadly for many people is cancer because the body just stays inflamed in certain areas and oftentimes it'll choose a, a particular area of weakness and it'll just keep that fire like a low slow burn going 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 and the more that you put more stress on top of yourself the more that you don't take the moments to chill the more the body's just going to keep having dysregulated levels of inflammation it can't keep things in check anymore so we start to see different symptoms but then yeah the ultimate thing sadly is cancer and 
your story with with your mom is so common and so like when I tie things back I'm like oh my god this is this is incredible my my mom died of cancer breast cancer in in 2004 and I was young and maybe stubborn but maybe this saved me a little bit because I I didn't really realize how serious things were and she had a good best friend who was taking care of her a lot of the time because i was young and not paying attention to things and then sure enough her best friend died three years later of cancer and it's like it's insane you're just like oh why yeah why but we we've got things we've got you well and you you giving (laughs) us this even just the the awareness that there might be another way or there might be an alternative, yeah. you know, cause I've contemplated so many times since then, you know, if, if God forbid something, I ever got a diagnosis, would I choose to address whatever that was in the same way, you know, with chemo or with whatever, you know, options were provided to me or would I look at a, a different, maybe alternative or holistic option, naturopathic option. Mm-hmm. And so Talk to me about that when it comes to um, alternative medicine. One thing that Mm -hmm. you are um, is adapt and skilled in in Chinese medicine and um, you're an acupuncturist. So what is that? I know the word is is very common. There might be people in our (laughs) audience who knows what knows what that is, knows what it isn't. What are the myths, the things that people might have heard that may or may not be true? Give us kind of an idea of, of what that is and, and how, why someone would, would work with an acupuncturist. Sure, sure. So an acupuncturist is literally going to use needles and their their hair fit thin. They're super thin, like 10 times smaller than a blood draw needle. And we're going to put them into the skin or into a muscle, depending on if we're looking at working on muscles in particular. And what's going to happen is blood flow is going to come to that needle. We're not putting any energy in. We're not taking any energy out. And that's one of the big it's, it's an energy. It, it, it's called an energetic medicine, but it's not where I'm performing voodoo or anything. I'm literally putting in the, the needle so that your body can do what it needs to do. I choose where to put the needles because I'm going to base it off of what's out of balance in the body. And ultimately, what acupuncture does for folks on like the most baseline level is it helps with circulation. It helps to tell the body like, hey, let's move some blood through these areas, whether it's pain or whether we're looking at anxiety, for example. And that circulation helps to send back messages to the autonomic nervous system that everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And we'll get some endorphins kicked up. So I call this the acupuncture high. You'll feel a little floaty after the treatment. I didn't do anything weird to you. It's your body's own response of kicking up endorphins. And the beauty of an acupuncture session that I love is I can get somebody to do absolutely nothing for 40 minutes laying down on a table to relax it's kind of a beautiful a beautiful session so no we're not putting any any weirdness in you like we're literally needles go in and your body does the rest and actually your your autonomic nervous system is going to be like ooh needle and it might hurt for a second it should not keep hurting that's that's torture not acupuncture it should be really you you can fall asleep with the needles in it should be a lovely relaxing experience So I've never personally experienced this, but when, um, Mm -hmm. when I'm hearing you talk about it, what I'm hearing is that the energy that might be stuck in that 
that area mm-hmm. is now mm-hmm. able to kind of start to circulate and move in the way it needs to yeah. move so the body can flush it out or, or get information to the parts of the body that it needs to get it to. And this is something that um, I think it's really important for you guys to hear. Whoever's listening to this is that, you know, your body is a natural healer (laughs) and Mm -hmm. we forget this, Mm -hmm. right? If we cut ourselves, it knows how to heal us. We don't have to think about what's going to happen to repair itself. It just knows. And that intelligence is built in. And so what you're referring to is that intelligence that's able to just get back into the driver's seat, if you will, if you're just able to, to, uh, release it or create an opening or, or space for that energy to start to, to move on its own. Is that, am I understanding that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I probably should back up and say, well, how do I figure out where things are stuck? And, and I look at your pulses and I look at your tongue. So there's, there's three pulses on either wrist, right on the thumb side, your radial pulse, and then looking at what's going on in the upper middle, lower half of the body. And so I can kind of tailor that into what organ systems might be off. And I can also tell in terms of specific channels where I want the needles to go based on that. I also base it on symptoms as well, because that kind of is part of the whole picture. And then the tongue, when someone sticks their tongue out, the front half of the tongue corresponds to the upper half of the body. So the lung and and the heart and the middle of the tongue is the digestive system. And the back of the tongue is the kidney and the sides of the tongue are the liver and gallbladder. So I can see just from different coloring or teeth marks or does the tongue quiver? That means it's weak. It's it's fatigued. I can look at all of those and go, oh, OK, these are the channels I want to work on on a person's body. And this is what I'm going to going to work on balancing. So when I put a needle in a certain spot, I'm putting a needle into a channel. There's highways that we can open up flow. And when I say open up flow of energy, it's circulation. So it's red blood cells. It's white blood cells. It's signaling markers that the body has proteins that the body is like, oh, wait, yeah, I forgot about this area. I need to bring some blood flow through there and and heal up maybe a little wound in a capillary or something. So not only do I move those, I move nutrients like magnesium, sodium, potassium, chloride. And it also triggers the lymphatic system, which is our drainage ditches and our detox ditches to help move as well. So they kind of compress and, and move toxins through the body and kind of get it out. So yeah, it's it's not where I'm just like, oh, I can feel you have some stuck energy there. And and for those folks who are energy workers, I'm not dissing you at all right now. It's just me giving the explanation sure. because there is that, you know, Reiki can do that, all those things. But a traditional acupuncturist is basically looking to see what your body's telling us right. that's out. And then we go to the channels that the the warriors 5,000 years ago figured out, which is insane, but it follows a lot of our blood vessels mm-hmm. and a lot of our nervous system. Mm-hmm. So it's really a map, a rudimentary map of what our anatomy looks like when it, now that we've categorized all of it. So it's, it's quite cool. I'm, I love doing acupuncture. It's amazing. The body is amazing. And obviously what they were able to find out and know about this 5,000 years ago and up until today. Why do you think Western medicine is, has not yet adopted these ways of looking at the body and healing in terms of I think the it's energetic because, makeup? Yeah. Yeah. It's because there's no concrete, no one has been able to figure out what is going on with the interplay of all of the the ions moving and the red blood cells moving. They're like, whoa, this is crazy. A needle goes in and things move. We know that the body responds to injury 
And we know that the body responds to being poked and prodded and pressed because we have receptors for, for pressure. So I think the biggest issue and why conventional medicine is not 100% accepting is because we don't have good concrete studies that show what's happening with a whole process during an acupuncture treatment. There has been research done, something called an EMG to, to look at electrical responses in between needle placements. And we even use EMG, so this is electromyograms. Doctors use this to see if your nerves are working. And we can use this kind of study to assess if an acupuncture needle is doing something. The thing about it that I think is the biggest factor of why a lot of conventional folks are like, yeah, acupuncture is crap, is that there isn't a way to tie what the needles do and what happens on a physiologic level to outcome. Mm -hmm. And outcome in terms of what someone feels, outcome in terms of what's been set into a process in the body because multiple things happen mm -hmm. and no one's really come up with a way to track it completely. Yeah. But we have things like aura rings, these guys, I've been tracking after patients get acupuncture, how long do they stay in more of a chill mode? How and does their readiness score improve? So now we're starting to have more and more data based on a lot of these wearables. And I'm thinking that I, I would love to do it. Maybe, maybe this is me saying I might do this someday, but I would love to see if someone's going to come out with some research studies based on acupuncture and longer term effects, because I can see folks having a better readiness score and, and improvement at least six to eight hours after acupuncture, if not more. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I'm going, you know, if a doc has some questions for me, I'm like, you know, are you into the aura ring and wearables? We've got data. I can show you what I have in terms of how acupuncture is improved. That's the thing. I think it's being, there's so much that we still don't know and that we're still mm -hmm. learning. And I think it's, mm -hmm. for me, it's, am when I'm making a decision of, about my own health is, I, for, for me, I'm putting all options and all possibilities on the table because we don't yeah. know what we don't know. And right. um, there's a lot we can learn that's not in our traditional, you know, traditional format of the way we've treated illness and disease for, for the last however many hundreds of years. Um, and that's why I love looking at different practitioners like acupuncture, like energy, like Reiki, um, like breath work that how can we um, work with the body to, to allow it to do what it naturally does, which is it likes homeostasis, but like, how can we find yeah. that, that central place where we can be in a state of being that is, that is calm and not always constantly uh, trying to survive. And, and in the, in the environment that we live in today in 2021 with all that's going on in the world, you know, I don't know that we're going to get to a place where it's all harmonious and that we're not going to have a million stresses. It's, it's going to be, yeah. you know, the you and eyes of the world that get out there and teach people what they can do despite having stress, because it's not yeah. about perfecting our circumstances. It's about there's Leo's all for that. <laughs> He's like, yes, mom. Yes. yes. I'm stressed over here. But it's about <laughs> how can we remain um, in balance and at peace or, you know, whole despite what's happening around us. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's crucial for folks to look at their lives a little bit and be like, all right, obviously we can't stress proof everything because we have to be able to roll with the punches. But what can we do that we are self-sabotaging right now? What can we do to improve things? You know, what can we do with routines? I'm big on like, what's your morning routine? What's your, you know, routines during the day, having fun during the day? What's your wind down routine? Because I feel like the more that you can dial in and, and kind of look at your day and go, where am I stressing myself out? But also, where do I need to be real with myself? Yeah. Where do I need to be honest with myself? I think that for a lot of people is is kind of the crux that produces a lot of stress for well, that, for us. That was going to be my next question. Like what habits or routines do you suggest people implement in order to manage their stress more effectively? I think it's a little bit of getting to know yourself first. So for me, I have patients in my practice. I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some journaling. And a lot of people will roll their eyes and be like, oh my God, don't make me do this. And I'm like, it's not that kind of journal. You don't, I'm not going to make you go deep right now. I want you to literally observe yourself and observe what you do. And if you have wearables like a Fitbit or you have the uh, Aura Ring or any of these things, this is gonna help you to be able to get some more data on yourself. But ultimately, what time do you wake up? What time do you go to bed? What do you do when you wake up? Like, do you wake up and the first thing you do is you look at your phone and check your email before you even get out of bed? Like, you don't even give yourself a minute to be like, hello morning, how's it going? No, you're like, Of course, you're going to be stressed. You just looked at your email. So it's looking at what are you doing and then looking during the day. Like, are you are you chilling? You know, do you take 10 minute breaks or is it just you're watching the smokers and telling yourself, God, those people are super lazy. They're taking breaks. And and I used to be one of those people. So I totally can can completely, you know, kind of poke goals in every single uh, excuse out there. But the reality is, is you got to observe yourself. You got to see what's stressing you out, but you also have to see where you kind of pop off. What's got you just like, rawr, claws out. What needs aren't getting met? Are you not getting heard? What's going on in that department? And that's going to be really huge. And then of course, my last but not, not least at all is looking at what are you doing around food? Because for a lot of the patients I see, myself included, stress eating was a big factor. And I'm like, my weight keeps going up and I have no idea why I'm eating healthy. I'm eating clean. Oh, wait, I have no idea what I'm putting in my mouth, you know, in this whole scheme of things. So slowing down around food, really taking the time to actually experience a meal versus shovel it in on the go. So these are some of the basics to really start the process of chilling the body out. And and I have a a free course called um, Manage Stress Naturally that kind of outlines everything. Mm -hmm. And and you can find that on my website at drjcarlsnd.com. But this is what what I do with folks. You've got to look at your life and find out where are you self-sabotaging because we all are in one way or the other. I can so relate to the stress eating. That was definitely one of my go-to ways to repress all of those uh, un- unfun emotions to feel. And, um, yeah. you know, I've, I've dealt with the repercussions because every, every decision has, a, has an effect, has a, you know, a consequence. And, and sometimes we don't even know that the stress that we're feeling is a byproduct of a choice that we made around food. And what I'm really hearing you say is what we have to do is become conscious, conscious of what we're doing, how we're spending our time, how we're spending, you know, the time that we have when we wake up to to go to bed and what time and and when, and, and for how long we're doing the things we're doing and, and where can we, 
be kinder to ourselves? Where can I, we let ourselves off the hook a little bit? Where can we meet our needs? And, and that comes from observing our, our lives mm-hmm. and from, from a place mm-hmm. of mindfulness. And this is why, you know, there's so many people out there talking about meditation and mindfulness and just becoming aware, becoming conscious of, of what we're doing every day, because the results ultimately that we're getting in our lives are a byproduct of what we believe, how we think, feel and act. And, and so it's, it's really, a, there's a Carl Jung quote that I love. It's until we make the unconscious conscious, it will continue yeah. to rule our lives and we will continue to call it fate. And yeah. it's not fate that you're fat. It's not fate. It's not God's plan for you to be, you know, sick. It's not God's plan for you to like deal with abnormal levels of stress, right? It's, it's a byproduct of oftentimes of unconscious choices and unconscious living. And when we can bring awareness and mindfulness and compassion to it and not make ourselves wrong for the choices that we make, I I think that's a big piece because oftentimes I know this was the story of my life where there was a lot of judgment that I carried around Mm -hmm. some of the choices that I made or the ways that I coped. And, um, one piece of my healing process has been releasing that judgment and coming in with the compassionate, um, like loving presence of, I've been doing the best I could with what I had, you know, with the tools that I had at the time. And it's, it's shows and conversations like this that gave me a little bit more, um, you know, leverage and another tool in my pocket that I could go to. And, um, that maybe just reminded me of something I had, I'd forgotten that I needed to revisit. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's why, I mean, I, I know everything I said is not unique, right? People are saying it over and over again, but I think we need to like, as a society, hear it over and over and over again, because sadly our programming is that we're just like, oh, things happen to us. And that's like you said, fate. It's no, you can change your fate. Mm-hmm. You can change everything. Yep. If you observe a little bit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else that you, you, you just really want people to know that are listening when it comes to alternative medicine, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, just if somebody's out there contemplating, should I go see a naturopathic doctor? Um, what's your recommendation uh, to somebody that may be considering that or questions that they might want to ask themselves yeah. about, is this the a right step for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. So probably the first thing I should say about naturopathic doctors, because we have a little bit of a reputation of giving a suitcase full of supplements. Look, do your homework on someone, right? Because supplements are not the answer. And and this is, yes, my opinion. I know some docs are like, no, you need to give these things to correct the body. I don't think the body can deal with all of these supplements. I don't believe in that. I believe that, yes, maybe a couple of things here and there to correct some imbalances. So first and foremost, do your homework on someone. Look at their philosophies. Look at how they treat people. Find someone that will do an interview kind of thing, meaning a meet and greet. 15 minutes, sit down and see how how it looks. You know, this is explain your case, what's going on, and see how they might respond in terms of treating or listen to podcasts, things of that nature. Naturopaths are wide variety in terms of our styles, and I'm much more in the category of functional medicine. So I test, I do like to test things. I don't like to guess. So if you're looking for someone that wants to, that's wanting to get to, let's put it this way. If you're looking to get to the bottom of something, 
and you really want to know what's out of balance, what do I need to correct, what's my plan going forward, a functional medicine-based naturopath or a functional medicine doctor would be someone that you want to be looking for in this case. Now, there are some naturopaths who are purely herbalists, so they will look at what's going on with you and prescribe herbs to help correct situations. Same thing like an acupuncturist who has an herbal background. So I think it is a little bit of a, a thought process in terms of what do you want to get out of it? Do you want to work with your diet and lifestyle? Absolutely. Naturopaths are going to do that. And it's going to be a little more hardcore than a dietitian. We're not going to be talking about diet sodas and, and baked lays. It's not us. Um, we're not going to put that in there. We're going to be like, how can we get you to eat closest to nature? And how can we get you to do certain things? So that, you know, when you're looking at, do I choose a naturopath? I, I think it's important to have a whole team. I think yeah. it's important to have someone, have your primary care physician, because naturopaths in most states, we can't admit to hospitals. We can't, we do primary care, but we can't do a lot of things in the realm of higher end care. And should you need that? I can't prescribe narcotics in Washington state. I can't prescribe antipsychotics. Do I want to? Heck no. That's for higher level physicians. So thinking about what is your goal? If you are looking to really go back to basics, looking at your diet, wanting to find out what's going to be best for you. You want to know if you have imbalances. You want to know if your hormones are off. You want to know kind of what, where you're at right now to optimize your health. That's what a naturopath can do for you. That's also what a functional medicine doctor or naturopath can do for you. And that would be what I would say going into it, looking for someone. And of course, do your homework on that yeah. and, and do a meet and greet. No, that's so Why not? helpful because in the same way, not all therapists, not all coaches, yeah. not all doctors are cut from the same cloth. They're not all the same. Mm -hmm. You do need to do your due diligence and really, really get like, be honest with yourself. What is my end goal? What's my result yeah. that I'm, I'm looking for mm -hmm. and who can help me best achieve that? And you've been Absolutely. so fantastic. I see why you see over, you know, 500 clients a year because you know your stuff and obviously you're, you're so easy to talk to. And I'm sure people feel that when they come to work with you. So how do people stay in touch and learn more if they're interested in your work and um, all the ways that they can stay in, involved in what you're doing? What's the best way for them to stay in touch? So best way would be heading over to my website at Dr. Spelled Out, J. Krause Care, A-U-S-E-N-D for naturopathicdoctor.com. That's number one way to find me. Then Instagram. I do a lot on Instagram. I also put my podcast on Instagram in addition to all the usual places that you will find podcasts. My podcast is called The Health Fix. And I'm basically there to put out the same kind of information I'm putting out here, working on stress, how to get your, your mind right, things of that nature. And you can find me that's also on website but instagram i'm dr dr janine j-a-n-n-i-n-e kraus carry u-s-e and you get my personality stories all the good stuff there and then i'm also on facebook same thing dot and that's doc j kraus there but those are the main places you'll find me and then i did mention that i do have two free courses actually i have the manage stress naturally and i have a course called the reset and recovery course and that's just like a super mini course on how to get your circadian rhythm so wake up sleep all that put in check so nice. yeah those are those are the places you can find me awesome we will put all of that good info into the show notes so that you guys can quickly find her and stay connected and um, I just want to say thank you so much for your time for your expertise for sharing this work with with this audience and with the world and all that you're doing and um, yeah until next time you guys I hope you hey 
do something today that's going to help you stress less. So go download a free course or just take a moment to pause and to notice your habits and uh, choose to give yourself, you know, what you need. In the meantime, I love you. Thank you for listening as always. And we'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. Wow, what an incredible conversation that was. I would love to know what your takeaways are. I'm still reeling with energy, just having so much to talk about with with Dr. Janine. She's fantastic. And I hope that, that what we talked about helped you to see that you can become more mentally strong. You can manage your stress and you can really navigate this new world that we're all living in, um, in 2021 in a way that's really healthy and, and providing you with, with what you need so that you don't get to the point where you're burned out, overwhelmed, or, uh, experiencing some kind of sickness or illness in your body as a manifestation of prolonged stress that, that went unresolved or un, un, dealt with and really unreleased. And if that is you, I have a program that might be just what you need. I talk a lot about, there's actually a module in the Master Your Emotions course where I talk about this exact thing. And what are the practical tips, strategies, and tools that I personally use to release the stress that's not serving me anymore. Because as we talked about in this episode, if you don't release it, you recycle it. And Master Your Emotions, my online do-it-yourself self-paced course is designed to help you have uh, the knowledge, but also the practical tools to implement into your daily life to help you to release all that is bound up in your body, but also just in your psyche that you've been holding on to that's burdening you, that's the holding you back and creating any of the anxiety or, or the, the grief or the sadness that you're carrying um, in your life. And so I encourage you to go check that out. There'll be a link to the show notes to the Master Your Emotions course. Um, it is a 30-day course. There's four modules. And there's also an amazing 30-day journal writing prompt guide that is included in that course. I also want to give you guys access to a new freebie that was inspired from this episode today. And this is the free self-care inventory checklist. So how do you know, how do you get kind of a basis for how well am I taking care of myself? Am I really getting what I need? I've got the perfect exercise for you to do, and I'm going to make it available to you guys totally for free. All you have to go to is the link in the bio to download that. And we'll put it up on the, um, website at ToriGordon.com as well. So that is the self-care inventory checklist um, that'll be available to you guys for free. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a screenshot, leave a five-star rating and review. That so helps me to um, get this this message out to a larger community and audience. And if you do... um, you know, love this, please take that screenshot, tag me on your socials and, and share it with a friend because there might be somebody in your life that's struggling right now that really needs to pick me up, that really needs some, some help. And this might be exactly what they need. So be a hero to somebody, share it with a friend. And, um, I hope you'll come back next week for another great episode till then. I love you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Love you guys.